This is Mike Bartolomeo, pastor of Church for the Harvest in Alexandria, Minnesota. The Bible is the Word of God. Within its pages are revealed God's perfect will and plan for mankind, the answers to life's hardest questions, and instructions on how to live a victorious Christian life. I believe the following message can change your life if you will let it. Join us now as we share the Word of God today. Father, I humble myself before you and I ask that you speak through me. Give to your people what they need here today. I bless each and every person that is here. Lord, I believe that you have divinely brought them here for such a time as this. And not because of me, but because of how great you are, Father God. And so I humbly ask that you give to your people what they need here today. And I thank you for the unction of the Holy Spirit and to declare the truth of your word. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said... Amen, amen. So I, I want to, I did a few weeks just talking about the, the Great Commission, and, and, and uh, but there's some things that are stirring that I kind of added into that series that I want to talk to you about. And I want to talk to you about eagles. I don't think we have it up on this screen, but it's just on that one. So maybe we could take it so I can follow along. But it's the eagles, you know, and how many have ever heard anything about eagles? You know what, they're fascinating. And, and the Bible actually relates uh, at times of the children of Israel to an eagle and, and how uh, we'll talk about some of that. And so I want to talk to you about it. But before we begin, can I just share a quick joke? <laughs> I wake some of you up still. <clears throat> you know, as a man died and he goes to heaven, he sees St. Peter. And, and when he meets with St. Peter, they take him to a room. And in this room, there's all these clocks in this room. And they're, and they're ticking and at diff- different speeds. And the man goes, so, St. Peter, what, what, uh, what does these clocks mean? He goes, well, every time someone on earth sins, the clock starts to tick. And so he looks over and he says, well, this clock's barely moving. He goes, yes, that was Billy Graham's clock, barely moving. He goes, there's another one here. It's just barely, barely moving too. He goes, yes, that was Mother Teresa. And he said, you know, where's my clock? He said, we use it in the office for a fan. <laughs> Amen. Season. <laughs> Let me just read some facts here about eagles. Amen. I'm just glad you came to church. Amen. The male eagle is smaller than the female. He weighs about 10 pounds, and the female tips the scales about 14. Being smaller, he is slightly quicker and more agile, giving him an advantage in catching prey. She, being larger, is better able to incubate the eggs and brood over the young chicks, using her body to shelter her offspring from the cold, soaking rains of the hot sun. The male's wingspan is a little more than six feet from wing to tip. To wingtip. The females is anywhere between six and a half feet to seven feet and up to nine feet wingspan. Wow. And I think about that. <clears throat> uh, Genesis 17, my text here for this week, Genesis 17. I'm going to have to probably turn around and look to read this here, or you have it up there. Uh, Genesis 17, 1 through 3. Abraham, the Bible says, was 99. Someone show 99. I always said this. I said, you know, I'll live till I'm 90. My grandmother said that. I don't know if I want to. <laughs> I mean, I'm 55, and, you know, you get out of bed, and it's like, oh, Jesus, you know, the, my knee, what's going on? And anyhow, I quit complaining. But that's where vitamin I comes in. Amen? Ibuprofen. Amen? Yes. He's 99 years old when the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God all-powerful. If you obey me and always do right, I will keep my solemn promise to you and give you more descendants than can be counted. 
And the Bible says that Abram, Abram bows his face to the ground, fell down on the ground, and began to worship God. Now, let me I just set up a little bit first before we get into some of the details and, and analogies and truths of eagles in, in our lives and the lessons. But in Genesis, Genesis 17, this passage, verses 1 through 3, I want you to see something here. It says, the voice of the Lord that you hear speaking in this text is the voice, watch this, that Abram has heard from God. It is the first time he heard from God in 13 years. Someone say 13 years. 13 years, not 13 days. How many have heard, now I'm not talking audible, but God spoke to you over something. You prayed, and let me just see your hand, some of you. A good chunk of you. But I want you to, this passage is saying that God did not speak to him for 13 years. That's a long time. Amen? 13 years. I mean, sometimes it's not the moment God speaks that must be highlighted as much as is the long sabbatical through which he does not. Think about that. Here's the thing. I'm not sure that faith is used as much when God is talking as it is used when he is saying nothing at all. When God says nothing, what does that mean? I would say that the real test of faith is can you walk with God when he says nothing at all to you? I could close my Bible and we could say amen, take communion right now. <laughs> Think about that all week because some of you were there. Some of you were there. Oh, you may be here in church and, and you know, and say amen, we're here. And, but can you walk with God when he doesn't say anything at all? How many know that can be very, very frustrating? Come on. You know, back in 1984, I was stationed in the Marine Corps at Camp Lejeune. And the city there that's connected to, right outside uh, Camp Lejeune is uh, Jacksonville, Jacksonville, North Carolina. And, and so I just got in there and just signed up, got, made it through boot camp and, and graduated and uh, was meritoriously promoted in boot camp and made it to, to, to Camp Lejeune. And, and I show up and the first six months was hell. It was just, I don't know how else to say it, it was just pure hell. <laughs> and because here's why, my thinking my mindset was, is when I was there, it's like I'm around these guys. Nobody loves God. And it's like, what have I signed myself up for? And I actually felt this. I actually believe I sold my soul to the devil. And he's got me. And I can't, I can't, I can't break out of this. I mean, I, I can't leave. They've got me for these next three years. And then, then three years of reserve. And I, my life is over. And I tried to share, you know, the gospel. And some of these Marines were like, shut up, man. And then cursed me out. And I'm like, I was just starting to get harassed. And so the first six months, I remember going to a church there in Jacksonville. And I sat in the last row. Nothing indicative about you all in the last row. Just saying me. Me in the last row. And just in a slumped over position, totally depressed. And, and just like, you know what? I, God has abandoned me. How many know my thinking needed to change? And, and in that moment, when I say God spoke to me, I had no audible voice. There was no you know, lightning that came down. It wasn't, you know, no, I didn't have any chills or anything. All, all the, the sense I got from the Lord when he spoke to me, in essence, he basically said this. And he said, you know what, son? I sent you here to serve I sent you here to learn. I sent you here to grow. I sent you here to lead. But I also sent you here to be my witness. That 
word from God in that moment changed my life. I got up off from there and I went, I'm supposed to be here. Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? I'm supposed to be. It might be like at a job and you just think, I hate this place and I hate what I'm doing. And then all of a sudden God says, I, I sent you here. You got a whole new purpose. Whole new, you know what? I've sent you to go back to school to learn what you need to learn. And, and, and so you can go into this right now field or whatever and you can start this new entrepreneurship. I sent you. And once you know that, it changes everything. And here's the thing. God really didn't speak to me like that for three more years after that. But you know what? That carried me, that word from God, all those years. And I started Bible studies with the Marines. I started getting, they were getting saved. I did water baptisms. And uh, I, I started ministering. We were affecting some officers. And then I was sent overseas. And I was kind of wondering, depressed. And the Lord said, I'm sending you there. I'm sending you there. And, and it wasn't all this long, drawn out. It was just simple little rhema words in the moment that just changed my life. How many say amen when they hear from God? Amen? It'll change your life, that word. But, but I want you to think for a moment in the times and the season when God says nothing. How many of you, you really sense it? He's like, I need a word from God about my present situation. You don't have to raise your hand. But I think most of you would. I, I need a word. I, I need... I need a word. But I want you to think back for a moment. Where were you, we're in 2019, 13 years ago? Some of you think, okay, where were they yesterday? You know I mean? 13 years ago, where were you? What was going on in your life 13 years ago? I know exactly where I was at. We actually just had secured this facility. It was actually about this month, October, 13 years, 2006. And this place was packed. We had a celebration on Sunday night. And we had other pastors come in and share and, and just, you know, from the community. And just, you know, this first big step, you know, we had our first lease space. We were church on the wheels for six years, set up, tear down. Some of you remember that. Uh, 20 below, grabbing mic stands in the back of a trailer. And, you know, when we got in here, it was like, praise you, God. Hallelujah. We got our own spot for now. And that was, that was 13 years ago. But my life was dif different. My, my wife and I, I mean, yeah, I was still pastoring, but this was my family 13 years ago. <laughs> Look at those little kids. See, the reason I remember that is they were all living with us. Look at that. I mean, we're, I think that was a vacation or something. We were, I don't know, San Francisco, wherever. We had that picture taken, and, and, and Zach was 12. This is only 13 years ago. And Destiny, she's 10. Mariah was 7. And, and it seems like a lifetime ago. I was like, they were there. They, were, they needed me. And hey, listen, you young fam, parents, enjoy this moment. Enjoy. Don't complain. Oh, the diaper. Change that diaper. Hallelujah. Wrap that diaper up and, you know, keep just saying, oh, I'm so glad I can change that diaper, man. As the time comes, they're going to be gone. There's going to be no diapers. And so this was 13 years ago. Today, 2019, <clears throat> there they are. My daughter's in the Marine Corps. My other daughter works for a mega church down in Texas. And my son, Zach, just left with... Ah, Maddie, I better be careful. What a wonderful woman of God she is that's out there with him. That's all I'm going to say about that. And, and uh, he's got a place that he's renting, and, and she's with a family member, but they're in Idaho, and it's just like, wow, they're gone, but they're growing up. 13 years. You know what? I just think about it that God says nothing to Abram for 13 years, nothing to him. And here's the thing. How many know that God saw everything that he did for 13 years? Everything. And he doesn't say anything, nothing to him. 
He saw his doer looking at him from above and seeing. And he says nothing. The Bible says that Abraham walked for those 13 years and actually he, he stumbled in his own efforts to accomplish God's purpose. And he made many mistakes and mishaps one right after the other. And in the midst of all of that, God said nothing. I find that interesting. I mean, he, they had taken in Hagar. They birthed Ishmael. They tried to adopt Eleazar. And, and that didn't, he's doing, doing all these things in his own strength and to bring about the promise of God because God gave me a word. God gave me a word. Promise of God. And Abram, Abram, he ran into failure after failure. Come on, hear this now. After failure, after failure. And God said Nothing in 13 years to him. You know, before we deal with the speaking of the Lord, and we've got to deal with the silence of the Lord. The silence of the Lord. How many know we all of it when God speaks a word to us? Amen? He speaks a word to us, and, and we get excited about that, that he speaks a word and encourages us. There's some people that walk around and say that God speaks to them every day. Okay. And that he audibly speaks to them. Okay, has he done that in the past? He has, but very, very, very rarely. I get a little nervous around people when they hear the Lord speaks to them every day audibly. I go, good for you. <laughs> and then I get out of there real quick. <laughs> you know, something's not right. I mean, something's, you know, a lot of times it's just insecurity. People just want to know that God Almighty, you know, he knows not only every hair you lost this morning, hallelujah, or shaved off, but he knows everything about it. He knows everything about you, okay? There's nothing that slipped him, amen? 13 years of silence, but the Lord doesn't say anything. He doesn't say anything. <clears throat> you know, here's the thing. What makes the speaking of the Lord so profound, if I could say it this way, is the silence that preceded it. Isn't that right? You've been praying about something and believe it, and it just seems like it's an impossible situation. And then all of a sudden, God shows up, and it's so profound in that moment that he spoke to you and he brought direction to you. And, and it, it, it is the silence that he interrupts in this moment in the text, these 13 years of silence between him and Abram. And once again, after he tried everything, Abram tried everything he could to bring about that promise of God in his own, finally, God, after 13 years, shows up and he says this one statement, I am the Lord God Almighty. I am the Lord Jehovah. I am God Almighty. In other words, what is God doing? He's introducing, catch this, he's introducing himself in the plurality of his authority. He's introducing himself in the absoluteness of his sovereignty in that moment. He says, I am the Lord thy God. And the Bible says that Abram, Abraham soon to be, he fell on his face before God. Why? Why did he do that in that moment? You know, I just thought about this. I wrote this down. Because in God's presence, in hearing his voice, in that moment, God clears out all confusion in your life. The moment you're in the presence of God, all arguments that you have, all reasonings that you have, all confusion that you had, all doubt that you had, all wondering why did this happen, God, I don't understand. It's cleared in that moment. And that's why God shows up and says, I am the Lord thy God. And everything, like, where you been for 13? He didn't like, hey, well, you know, it's taken you a lot time to get out here. I've been waiting on you. Everything, all he could do was fall down on his face. 
My brothers and sisters, that's the God we serve. And some of you are struggling with issues right now, and the enemy is coming in and bringing division in your heart. You're double-minded, confused about, God, you haven't spoken to me. I'm wondering, are you even there? Are you even listening? And all of these reasonings are lies of the enemy to distract you. Somebody say amen. amen. That's all it is. To get you to question the Lord God Almighty. The Bible said he fell on his face, and God begins to speak. He begins to speak. You know, sometimes we have really good arguments and we just think I meet people on the streets, you know, or if I'm witnessing and maybe I'm overseas somewhere, whatever, and, and you know, you're sharing the gospel and, and they come and they say, ah, we got a really good argument, you know. Uh, well, have you heard this, you know? And all that stuff fades in God's presence, all of it. Melts, melts away like wax in a furnace. It's just gone. So the question is, and we just begin, we're going to receive communion here in a moment, is how do you stay in faith when God is silent? <laughs> That's a great question. How do, you stay, how do you continue to believe and pray when you don't see anything changing outwardly? How do you keep hoping for change when it seems all hope is lost? I mean, it's like believing without seeing. And that's the essence of faith. But, but our believing is not placed upon just, you know, only hope. There's evidence in, in, in there's, there, there's a solid foundation in our believing. Yeah, how I many you know it's easy to believe things when things are going our way? We're getting good breaks, amen. Oh, man, I got a promotion today. Or, yeah, I got a new company car. Woo, you know, or they're giving me a stipend for this. And you're kidding. <clears throat> this happened here. Oh, I just got promoted. Or I got a whole bunch of new clients, man. Money comes, amen. It's easy. It's easy. It's easy. <clears throat> You've been praying about your health and, you know, it begins to turn around. You know, Thank God for that. Or your child may be wayward and, you know, they begin to turn around. And how many of you know when you see it, it doesn't take much faith because you see it, right? You see it, it doesn't take much faith. The test comes when you can't see any sign of what you're believing for. What are you being, Pastor Mike? In other words, you're working hard, but the doors aren't opening. Knocking on those doors, trying, trying. This is, what is this, worth it at all? It's not really getting that breakthrough. Praying about the medical report, it's not improving. You're doing the right thing, but your marriage is not getting any better. You're struggling. You know God put that promise in your heart. You know, you know he gave you a dream. He gave you a dream for a church and, and to pastor a church and, 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 and missions, and, and you're starting to see some of that come to pass. And, and then you have this big step of a building. Amen. He's giving you land, and you start, you can't hear his voice really clear in that, and you want to, and it doesn't seem like it's happening. It doesn't seem. Seasons, seasons of silence. I mean, I mean, if you just saw a little bit of improvement, I mean, I've heard people, you know, like, if God, God, if you, just, if you just showed up mightily, all these people would believe. Come on now. Have you ever thought? I mean, if you just showed up mightily in my workplace here when I'm witnessing, just did some awesome thing right now, they would all fall on their face, which they would, and they believe. But see, God doesn't operate that way all the time. It's the silence. No sign at times. If you just felt a little better, maybe you'd know that, you know, hey, God is helping, is helping. Uh, I remember I shared this story. I won't get into all of it, but there was a, 
I'm almost now embarrassed to talk about it. <laughs> there was a car I was working on that kept leaking. I rebuilt the motor. Some of you all know, oh, not again, pastor. Please don't go there. But this, it's fixed. I fixed the problem. But it was a year and a half, okay? I'm so embarrassed to share this, but I'm going to tell you it anyways. I was so frustrated to pull it off this engine all apart and back together a dozen times to find out what this leak was. And actually, one time I was under it, and it leaked again. It started, I just started crying. <laughs> and I was banging on the you know, oil pan. Why don't you stop leaking? I just couldn't find out what it was. Anyhow, uh, I fixed it. Hallelujah. Found out what it was. I'm not telling you. I've already said that story. I'm, you don't need to hear that. But, but it was just like a little improvement. You know, it was like, oh, God, you're with me. Actually, when it happened, I was like in shock. And then I FaceTimed all my kids. It's not leaking. It's not. And they're like, oh, Dad, you know. <laughs> all right, sorry, got off track. Many times before a promise comes to pass, you have to go through a season of silence. That's a good thing to write that down. When you're not seeing anything change, why? Because we're tempted. We're tempted to think, I mean, is what I'm doing even working? Is my believing, my praying, my giving, even making a difference? Some of you start, you know what, as a family, we're going to start, we're going to begin to tithe, we're going to step out. You say, 10%, whoa, that's just too much. But you know what, start out with 1%. Start, start something, come on. Amen? Just to just start somewhere. And, 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 you know, a lot of times you go through testing even that. And, and I've heard people say, like, you know, I started tithing and, and initially, and then, I, you know, it's like the garage door motor broke down. What do you think that is? Something to distract you. You know what? Oh, man, we need a tune-up for the car. We got car problems. Or we got this. Or we got that. Oh, it's everything to keep you from obeying God. I mean, I know we, there's a real devil out there. Okay, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And, and he does have dunamis. The Bible says that. He has dunamis. His ability, he has a certain power, but he's defeated foe. Amen. Amen. I said he's a defeated foe. And we use the word of God to subdue him. Amen. But don't just think, you know, he's a lion that he's been, de- you know, all his fangs have been. No, there's a real bite to the devil if you get into his realm. If you don't know who you are in Christ Jesus, amen? <clears throat> but we don't need to be concerned about it because greater is he that's in us, amen? And we speak the word. But, but there are these times, these seasons of silence, and, and here's where many people, they, they, they quit believing and they get discouraged, and, and rightfully so. I don't, I don't have a critical finger to point at that. I'm not, I'm not saying it's like, but you know what? They get sidetracked because they, 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 they allow the season of silence to, to shipwreck them. Amen. Don't allow that. Here's the thing. Just because you don't see anything happening doesn't mean God's not working. See, he works behind the scene. He orchestrates things. He positions things. You think he knows what he's doing? Thank you for that one amen. Yeah, He sure, a lot of times we don't think that. We don't believe that. We don't know what he's doing. Think, you know, like, what are you doing, God? See, behind the thing, the, excuse me, the scenes, things are changing, things that we can't see. God does much of his work in secret. You can't see him lining up the people that need to be lined up, that you need to come across. You know, there are certain people I, I, I've met, and, you know, I, was, I just remember there was, we went to New Orleans uh, last year, and we took a team, and, and uh, we've taken many, many teams there, and, you know, I, I, I believe in divine appointments, 
know what a divine appointment is? God has you there at that moment. So I'm standing on Bourbon Street, and I'm actually with my daughter Destiny, and my wife's down there, and we're ministering, and, and then this gal comes up, and I think she was from either Norway or Sweden, and she's, you know, puffing on a cigarette, and she's, you know, in my face, just like that. And I'm not letting it bother me, just a little... <clears throat> You know, and I just started sharing the love of God, and she, I thought it was a boyfriend. I said, is this your boyfriend? He goes, yeah, he just, yeah. And <laughs> he's standing there, so Destiny starts talking to him. And so I just start just witnessing to this gal, and she keeps blowing. Then after a while, she stops blowing in my face. After a while, she puts a cigarette down. And the next thing after that, she gives her heart to the Lord. She's praying right there on the streets to receive Jesus. How would I have known in that moment that I'd be there, that God brought that person by? Why? Because I was, number one, believing for a divine appointment. That God, not walking out there, what are you doing, God? You know what? I don't see anything happening. And too many, I think this is really permeates the upper Midwest here, we're waiting on God. God is waiting on you. He's waiting on you. He works in conjunction. You can't do without him. Come on now. But he's waiting on you to step up, to step out. He's waiting on, he said, I'm not going to do it alone. I'm going to do it with you. But I need you. Does God need anything? He needs nothing. Right on? He He doesn't need anything, but he chooses to use us. He chooses that. Wow. Aren't you thankful that God chooses to flow through us? Amen. So, a lot of times, you know, we, we don't see them moving. And a lot of times we kind of have the attitude, so you know what, pastor, I'm praying, nothing's happening. And I can, pastors, you know, they usually like, you know, you take a garbage truck and you go to the dump. Pastors sometimes are dumps, you know. <laughs> you know, it's okay, but I'm built for it, amen? I can handle it. All I do is just keep shoveling it back, you know. Hallelujah, amen, the Lord. Now I know you're really in some deep, you know. I just keep shoveling, deep boots, keep shoveling that stuff into the dump because I'm not going to carry that, amen? Because I know a God that can answer prayers, amen? Hallelujah. But you pray and nothing's happening. I do my best. Nothing's improving, Pastor. You may be in a season of silence, but there's something happening even in the silence. Oh, you need to hear that, church. You need to hear that. So here's the question. Here's the question. And we receive communion here in a bit. Are you going to get discouraged? Quit believing because you're not seeing. Are you going to dig your heels in and say, God, I may not see anything happening, but, but I'm not moved by what I see. Wow. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm moved by what I know, and I know what you promised me is on the way. Can somebody say amen to that? See, here's the thing. If you stay in faith, at some point, you're going to see what God was doing behind the scenes. At some point, you will. Hallelujah. Suddenly, things are going to shift in your favor. You say, well, what happened? You saw what God was up to all those months or years or even decades. Finally, you get like the same word that Abram had as God said, I am God Almighty. In that moment, you'll be humbled and you're brought down. It's like, I got a word. God spoke. He didn't forget me. He was moving behind the scenes. But I thought he was ignorant of my situation and he was not caring about me. Oh, that's a lie. I believe God is speaking. I believe walls are coming down. I just feel that right now. Walls are coming down and hope is being infused and a spirit of faith is coming upon you to believe God again. Amen? A spirit of faith. Praise God. What happened? You saw, like Abraham, for 13 years of silence, you saw what God was up to. Now, in conclusion here, 
We're going to receive communion. Maybe the ushers can come forward at this time and get that situated. But I want you to, I want you to think about this. And just because you don't see anything happening once again on the outside doesn't mean something is not happening on the inside. Second Corinthians 5, 7 says, we live, watch this, or we live and we walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. Can I say that again? We live, we walk, we don't run, we don't sprint, nothing wrong with those things in certain areas and seasons, but it, we live and we walk by faith, one step at a time, walking by faith. You know, an interesting point about the mother eagle, she sits in her eggs for 35 days, some say 35, they just got this down to a science, I mean the bald eagle, it'll be 35 days, and here's the thing, there's no sign of movement in that egg. Nothing. There's no growth. That egg comes out about two, two and a half inches. It stays the same size. Nothing. It's interesting. <clears throat> and what she's doing, and occasionally the, 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 the male he will sit on it, but mostly her, she does it through the night. She's keeping the temperature of the eggs between, watch this, 95.5 degrees and 100. How many know that's not much variance? You're talking a half a degree. That that egg has to stay at that temperature. Sitting on it. The egg is the same size. There's no wobbling around or like a mother, some of you, they're pregnant. How many of you get a kick now and then? I mean, I remember my wife was uh, pregnant with Zach, all of our kids, and you're driving, you, you know, you, she gets the sign, you know, the first few weeks or whatever, I'm pregnant, and you go, oh my God, you know, how am I going to pay for diapers, you know, how's this going to happen here, college, you know, all of these things, and it's just like, and she's excited, and, and, and then it, she's the same for about two, three months, right? Are you really? I mean, but we see something happen. Isn't that right? All of a sudden, oh, she's in second trimester. Oh, that baby's growing. You can see it. And there was times we'd be driving, whether I turned the music on or whatever, or, you know, wherever we'd be building, you know, a house or something, and you're just, just doing something, and there'd be a kick. He's in there. She's in there, right? You can see it, but she sees nothing. Zippo. She just faithfully gets up and sits on that egg. Keeps that thing. 95.5 to 100 degrees for 35 days. I mean, she doesn't know that that chicken side is dead or alive. Isn't that right? She just does it. It's in her DNA. <clears throat> you know what, my brothers and sisters, there are times in our walk with the Lord we just need to continue to sit on what God promised. Amen? Amen. Sit, sit with no signs, no outward signs that, that God is even involved in what we're doing. <laughs> We can't see anything happening. But here's the thing. How many of you know change is happening? It's happening inside that shell. How many of you know that? Oh, you better believe it. Bones are being formed. Wings are being formed. That little two-inch egg will someday be six foot to nine foot wide. But right now, you can't see it. You can't see that dream. You can't see that, that vision, that ministry God's called you to, that business that you want to start and the level it's at. Right now, it just seems like you're in the egg. You're just incubating. And the mom's just sitting sitting and there's times in that shell you know little times we get married and we think you know what this marriage is you know i'm gonna change my spouse but the truth, the truth of the matter is you get married we get changed isn't that right you have kids you know think oh, i'm gonna raise these kids and change these kids and I'm, you know get me world champion. but the truth of the matter you get married your kids change you see change, life is about change 
And there's never a point where you get to, I don't care if you're 70, 80, 90 years old, where you think, there's no more change for me. It's always an incubation period, and there's always a gestation period, and there's always a breaking out at every age and every season. And some of you, the older you get, you go, I'm kind of tired about that. <laughs> I get it. But change, change. You know what? And, and ushers, you could come forward. I'm, I, we're going to get to communion here, but I'm just, I'm just babbling here on some interesting points because I'm trying to get to the point here of communion. But one week before it hatches, this is pretty interesting. The baby eaglet grows an egg tooth. Do you know that? It's an egg tooth inside. How do you, how do you even rationalize evolution when you, you know what I mean? When the baby, if it, you know, process of selection, it's not born with an egg tooth, it can't come in. How does it know, oh, shoot, next time around, I better involve them, grow an egg tooth? No, God's involved in all that, amen? And so, so God knew what he was doing. So this baby eaglet grows an egg tooth. And here's the thing, the egg tooth is harder than the shell of the egg. Has to be, or would crack. So it's harder. It's harder than the shell that's containing it. Why? Because it needs that to break out of the shell. Stay with me if you would, please. I think about it. I think, wow, the Lord knows what he's doing. There's a lot of powerful truths with, with the eagle. And, and, and some of us, we're, we're in seasons right now. Different seasons. And a lot of this is, is speaking to me in this season. And, and, and I'll talk on that as the weeks to come. I think about the egg tooth. The Lord knew, okay, about a week before, four days or whatever, it grows this egg tooth. It's going to need that to break out of that shell. And I think about, okay, what's our egg tooth? You know what it is in the place of confinement, the safe place, the comfort zone? The egg tooth is persecution. Come on now. Opposition critical people just negativity hurts pains all those things. you know it's it's developing your egg tooth to break i believe that to break break into something greater that god has he he doesn't want you to stay in that state isn't that right <clears throat> there's a little sack of air just like in baby in chicken eggs a little sack of air that once he he pops that he has a breath of strength and, and it allows enables him for it's about a day they say about a day it takes him and here's the thing the mother or father cannot help with that process see the mom was diligent about sitting on that egg but she cannot do anything come on this is where God works with us amen and where we need to do something that little chick God says I'm equipping you for the next level I'm giving you your egg tooth so you can break out into that new thing that I promised you. But you got to do that. You have to do that. She can look down from above and watch over you. She's encouraging you. Keep going. Keep pecking away. Amen. It's actually called pipping. She chips away. Or he chips away. Keep pipping. Some of you today, you just you need to be encouraged to keep, keep, keep chipping away. Keep chipping away. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here's the thing. If that baby eaglet does not break out of that comfort place, that place of safety, that place of nourishment, that place that's, that's warm, that place of security, if it, if it doesn't do that, that place that was once a wonderful place will become a tomb. And that baby 
eaglet will die. Isn't that right? It'll die in that shell. And so I want to encourage you here today. Some of you in a season of growth and, and, and God is saying, I want you to just continue to sit on that promise. You don't hear anything. You don't see anything. Time's going by. You're praying. Keep praying. You see God. You're reading. Keep reading. He's not saying anything. Keep praying. I'm giving. I'm not getting anything in return. Seems like I'm hit with all these things. Keep giving. Keep at it. Keep serving. You know what I'm serving? And you think God, well, don't you hear me in my situation? Keep serving. Keep doing these things. Because why? Something is happening on the inside. Growth is taking place. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, please. It's so true, true in our lives, my brothers and sisters, that God always brings us from one stage to another. But there's seasons of silence. There's seasons, some of you enter the egg tooth season and it's being developed. God is strengthening you to break you into that next venture, whatever that is. I don't know what that is. Maybe you've taken on a new job and you're going to start a new job or a new area of venture for your business. I don't know. Then there's a season of breaking out, that pipping. I don't know where you're all at, but God does and you do. And I would encourage you, just like that mother eagle, for 35 days, she sees nothing happening, but there is something happening. You need to know that God has not abandoned you. Even though he may not be speaking, you don't hear his voice. You see no movement. (laughs) There's no kicking. There's no rolling. There's no growth. There's absolutely nothing. But God is doing something. He's developing in your heart. You're here this morning and you say, with every head bowed, Pastor, I I don't sense that. I, I just sense I'm far away from God. I need to get right. Maybe you're watching by television. You're listening to this podcast. Today is a great day for you to get right with God. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians, now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. Salvation is near. I want to pray for you and with you. If you say, Pastor, I, I need to get right with God. I'm not right. I'm, 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 I'm just away. I'm backslid. I, I, I'm, I'm far from God. I, I remember the days I was maybe closer or I've never really made that step of faith. Today is a great day. I want you to just take a moment right now. Let's pray corporately. If that's you, pray with us. You're not joining this church, but you are joining the family of God. Say this to me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, I give you my life. Now take it. Jesus, fill me with your spirit. Thank you for saving me. Forgive me of my sin. Fill me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you believe that and you prayed that, God met you. He met you at your point of need. Amen. Thank you for joining us today in the ministry of God's Word. My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you. Feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times and meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320-759-1400. At Church for the Harvest, you belong.